Blog Talk Radio. We talk about life's problems that may break or tear a heart's apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we discuss answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way He originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. So glad y'all are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516 453 9118. That's 516 453 9118 or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart or you can go to our chat room which is available right now on our website as well as for those who may be interested in seeing the video version of reconnect my heart you can go to reconnect my heart podcast.com as well as for those who may be on social media, you can go to my Facebook page, Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P.S. and Paul, R-A-T.S. and Tom, E-R. You will see us there. 
and hope and pray that y'all had a great day on today. Today is the fourth Sunday in April, April 2023. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and go with the show. On today's show, we're going to talk about self-control, self-control, overcoming fears, uh, limitations, and much more in the episode called Getting Self uh, excuse me, getting disciplined, getting disciplined, or get disciplined, get disciplined, uh, setting, uh, setting or getting self-control, planning structure for your life, setting self-control or getting self-control and planning structure for your life. You know, this was something that those that know me, I like to talk about real life issues that we deal with in life um speak about it on the podcast as well as in the church and if you look at a lot of us you know a lot of us regardless if we're saved regardless how active we are in church or what position we have in church or in the body of christ to be honest with you all of us in some degree need some fine tuning in our life there could be some things in our life that is actually hindering us from achieving what God has for us. It ain't the devil attacking us. It ain't us being persecuted or anything like that. No, sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. You know, matter of fact, especially those, you know, um, I've been working at my job for many years and Throughout the years, I've seen so many people, you know, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed of the Lord and how to favor. Ooh, we had an awesome time at church. Pastor preached a word or God gave me a word to speak. Yeah, that's great. But when it comes down to their work ethics at the job, it sucks. <laughs> Let's be honest. And I know me, those that know me, I don't mind throwing myself under the bus. There are situations that I well, there's a particular area that I have to work on in my life, and that is, y'all ready? <laughs> that is time management. Time management. I can admit that I have to rely upon God's wisdom to help me in my time management. Now, why did I say God's wisdom? Because God has already gave me the ability, but sometimes I have to be aware of this is time for you to go ahead and drop what you're doing and go. And so sometimes because of that that wisdom that I don't use sometimes, sometimes I can cause myself to miss out on some things what God has for me or for me to miss areas and places I need to be at that could have been beneficial. So that's something that, like I said, this is just this is me. Like I said, I don't mind telling off on myself. You know, it's bad when you have a reputation of always being late. Like I said, that was me. And it's Especially becoming aware of it. Now, of course, we know things can happen. True. 
there are some things that may be out of our control. There are some things that may happen where it be an emergency. I'm not even speaking about that. But when you have a pattern of being late or if you want to say, sometimes people may look at that as being a truth breaker. Sometimes we don't stick to our word or we don't commitment that we make. Matter of fact, um, there's a musician that I love. I got a chance to meet. His name is Nathan East. Nathan East, um, bass player. And I was I was at one of his seminars, and he said that he signed up he signed up to uh, perform at this particular for this particular uh, person. It was he was a session bass player, and so he signed up, and they were going to pay you know, a little money. And so he made the agreement. He gave the man his word, hey, you can hire me, I'll play. The next day, he got a phone call from a known producer by the name of Quincy Jones. And he said Quincy called him, or Mr. Jones called him, to tell him that his artist was making an album and he wanted him, Nathan East, to play the bass, to play the bass for this particular artist that was making a brand new album. Artist was Michael Jackson. And the album was called Thriller. Well, Nathan East was like, Oh, I wanna do it, I wanna do it, but Sir, I just made a commitment with someone I, t- I-, I already have. I'm-, I'm already booked for a gig. He said, okay. So we all know how Thriller turned out. Um, matter of fact, Thriller, instead of Nathan East, um, Quincy Jones ended up uh, having bass player by the name of Lewis Johnson from the Johnson Brothers, you know, Strawberry Letter, 23, and um, um, was a song. Um, I'll be good to you. That's it. So, Thriller ended up blowing up, became one of the biggest albums of all times. And I don't think that the person that Nathan East ended up working for actually achieved that kind of status. I don't think so. But Nathan East was committed. So that says a lot. But long story short, that was in uh, 82 or 83, excuse me, 83, 83, 82, 82, 82, yeah. Thriller came out in 82. And was that five years later? Nathan East got a phone call from Quincy Jones, and Quincy told him, um, hey, Michael Jackson making another album. Uh, He want to know if you're available. This time, Nathan East said, oh, yes, I'm available. He didn't have anybody. (laughs) So he wasn't already uh, committed. He didn't make any prior commitments. He was free. And so, you know, he ended up playing for the album Bad, which ended up being a good um, follow-up album to Thriller. And so, long story short, being able to make that kind of commitment, even though, hey, 
He's a hard-on musician, and he could have easily dropped that uh, person that he ended up making a commitment with before Quincy Jones called him to produce. He could have easily done that, but what would have happened? It would have tarnished his reputation. And that's something that oftentimes we don't think about. We just think about, well, you know what? Hey, I'm going off. It's just like, matter of fact, it just like, excuse me, it's just like working at a job. And let's just say, for example, you're making X amount of dollars. And then all of a sudden, here's someone else come to you and say, hey, look here. I give you X amount of dollars if you come on or work for me. Well, you know, it's customary for us to give our, you know, current job a two-week notice. But there are some people, they don't care about their reputation. They don't care what they'll do. They'll just drop everything. They'll instantly quit. Well, what happens if that job doesn't pan out? One of the things we often learn is you don't burn your bridge. And there's so many people burn bridges. You know, that old saying sometimes that some people think that the grass is greener on the other side and come to find out it wasn't the grass that was green on the other side. No, they just they saw a reflection from the grass they were standing on. But come to find out, they thought it was the other side. But one of the things we often tell people, if you water your grass, your grass can become green, if not greener than what you're looking at. And so that's one of the things we have to think about. When it comes down to it, God wants us to be disciplined. God wants us to have order in our life. You know, even the Bible, it tells us to do things decent and in order. And what that does, it also talks about your character. Your character, who you are when nobody's around, your real motives, you know, that, that's the soul of the person, how the person think, you know, how they perceive things. There are so many people, they have, quote, unquote, work ethics, but what are their motives? Think about it. Oh, he's a good mechanic. Oh, we give him a chance, you know, that person can be a, quote, unquote, a good person to work on a car or tear down a car, but are they working on cars to know how to take it apart, to break into a car, to steal it, and to sell the parts? You know, so what we have to do, we have to, we have to examine character. We have to examine our character pertaining to the things that we're doing because ultimately, like the Bible tells us, man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at our heart, meaning God looks at our motives. And so it's so important for us to be able to understand that we must be disciplined and we must maintain the character that God wants us to have in order for us to be able to get what he has for us, or be in the place that God has for us to be. Because think about it. We are representing him. And we're not only representing him, but we also represented our family. We represented the people that have invested into us. You know, it's, one of the things I always say is more to you than who you see in the mirror. I represent, I use myself as an example, I represent God, I represent my family, I represent my son, I represent my church, I represent my job, 
you know, I'm going to say loose area, but Dallas County Sheriff's Department. So everywhere I go, there are different, quote, unquote, tags that are on me. So wherever I go, people see where if I end up doing something that is a bad reflection on my family, on my church, on my job, they are going to look at everything that's attached to me and also the people that have not only invested into me, but everybody that has taught me throughout my life. They're like, wow, is that, you know, is that his upbringing that he got? Well, think about it, the same thing pertaining to you. Now, true enough, we can easily be selfish. We can easily look at, you know, ourselves and uh, just look at our own personal agenda. But we have to understand we are representing the people that have went on before us. So that's why it's so important for this point on for us to be able to get in the place of being more disciplined and putting more structure and accountability into our lives so we can be qualified for the things that God desires for us. Most of the times we pray to God about things. We're believing in God about things. And like I said, God want to give it to us. Especially, think about it, it has to be in his will. So if it's in his will to give it to us, then what's stopping us from receiving it? And if we don't have it, then it's one of three problems. Is something wrong with God? Is something wrong with God's word? Or is something wrong with us? And I can assure 100% of the time, it has to be something wrong with us. Sometimes we're not ready. Sometimes that doesn't mean that you're lacking faith. No, but you could be lacking discipline. There may be some character flaws that you may have that's preventing you from actually receiving what God has for you. See, we can trust God. One of the things I always say, we can trust God, but can God trust us? We can trust God for God to supply our needs or do what we ask him to do according to his will. But can God trust us with what we ask him for? True enough, we want to raise, we want a promotion at our job. We want to get the high promotion. We want to get that, that big uh, title or that big position at our job. But what are you doing at the area that you're at right now? What are you doing in the position that you're at right now? Are you always late? You know, okay, you want more money in life. You want more money. Okay, but with the money that you're making right now, are you managing it? Are you properly budgeting it? So, you know, if you think about it, if I want to bench press 700 pounds, but I can't bench press 200 pounds, then what made me think that I'm going to do 700 pounds if I'm struggling with 200 pounds? So we have to really just look at everything in a practical sense. Are we disciplined? Are we lacking discipline and order and structure in our lives? So one of the things we have to do when they get 
to us being disciplined, we first have to look at setting our goals. Goal are you going after for you to be able to uh, see the importance of discipline? Okay, setting goals. Let's just say for uh, losing weight. Okay, your goal, what is your goal? Your goal is to lose a certain amount. Okay, you have to, one of the things I tell people, when you plan goals, the best thing you could do is write them down. The Bible tells us to write the vision and what make it plain. That's a practical practice that we all should achieve in our life. Write down your mission goal. Write them down. Sometimes when we write them down and we actually see it, that's the first step in you being able to start doing something by you being able to visualize what you want or what you're desiring. We have to start writing stuff down. Also, what I found out, when you write stuff down, it it frees it it removes the cloud from your mind. Being able to write stuff down. It's almost like you quote unquote detox. Sometimes you may regurgitate those things that may be clouding your thinking, clouding what you see. Because sometimes you may see something is not actually what you see. Sometimes your mind can play tricks on you. Perceive something and it's false. Sometimes your, when your mind is so clouded, you may hear somebody, but you don't really hear them. Sometimes you can hear something, and you may have a sound bite, or you may have a bad understanding or a misunderstanding because what you thought you heard, you didn't actually hear. Sometimes we may have something in our mind, and sometimes we end up, hmm, coming in or that person catch our attention, but only half of what we heard. And what happened? Some of us, we have these misunderstandings because of sometimes we already have our mind clouded up with stuff that they didn't even say. So it's always important for us to write things down. Write it down. And after we write it down, you know, I'm a firm believer, and I, I tell people this all the time. Look, I keep spirals. Those that know me, especially when I go to work, I have so many. I have a backpack, and it's full of spirals because I write different things. I might write something pertaining to the show. I might write a sermon, just whatever. God may give me a word. Okay, I have a specific spiral with that. And also, I have different color spirals. And this is this is me. Um I have different color spirals. Uh, my green spiral is for my podcast. Um, my blue spiral is for, you know, whatever thoughts that God gives me. Uh, black one, I might have my sermons. Uh, also, I have another one that was blue. That's for my son's school lesson, all these things. So that's where I kind of do it. So that way I know which one to look into. Also, my books my past books and my future books, uh, each one of them have different colors. So that's just me. That that what helps me. But what may help me may not even help you. So that's why it's so important for you to really just take the time to evaluate what is your program. You have to have a program in place. Even at work, you know, we talk about it all the time. Every job has a standard operation procedure, which is 
what we call the SOP, Standard Operating Procedure. So look at yourself as a business, and you can look, you can apply this not just in a spiritual sense, but in a secular sense. It can be business, it can be ministry, whatever. But you take your job seriously. Take whatever you're doing, take it seriously. Take it to heart. So invest. This will actually help you to be able to, you know, make sure, kind of manage your time because some of us, we don't manage our time properly, which we're going to talk about later on. So being able to apply that, and like I said, as long as you're able to investigate what is your niche, most importantly, do this. Ask God what you need to do. Ask God what you need to do to help you to be able to implement or establish some type of standard operating procedure. So, like I said, God may have you to, you know, do exactly what I'm doing, or he may have you do something that he may tell you to do something totally different. You know, you can copy and paste my method or not, but either way, make sure you're doing something, but most importantly, first and foremost, we always tell people to acknowledge God. Acknowledge him and ask him, you know, what do you need to do? And don't you know, of course, big God is concerned about little old you. He's concerned about little old me. So don't feel like, well, you know, that ain't such a big deal. It is a big deal because you are a big deal to him. And the things that are of you, the things that come from you, he put those things into you. God put investment into you and for you to be able to produce from the investment that he place in you. So, hey, go to the manufacturer. He made you. So ask him, God, what do I need to do for me to be able to really tap in to those seeds that you plant into me for me to produce a harvest that will glorify you? So like I said, he's concerned about every aspect pertaining to our life. Okay. Next thing. What or who motivates you? What or who motivates you for you to be able to do what you need to do? You have to have some why. That why could be a thing or it could be a person. For example, okay, let's just say for your goal, if you want to stop smoking. Okay, now who or what would motivate you? Let's look at the what. What would motivate you to stop smoking? Okay, what would be my health? I, w- I plan on living a long time. I want to live a long time. I want to live a healthy life. Also, with that health, understand that we are issued one body. And this pertains to more than just uh, smoking. It can be anything pertaining to your physical or mental capacity. But we issued one body on this physical world. So with that one body, we need to take care of it. Now, of course, with our teeth, we're born, we have baby teeth. And then if something happens, it gets knocked out, and then the adult teeth grows, at least we have another chance because of our teeth. But with this physical body, we got one chance. And think about it. We are expected to live this life in this body where we can have 
protection and protected, not just from the outside forces, but our own self, self-destruction. You know, when I had when I had my car brand new, I just drove it. Man, I just got out the dealership. And you know what I did? Every time I went to the grocery store, I always parked far. So that way, nobody would even get close to my car so it won't be any dings. We'll protect our car. We'll make sure, hey, I don't want nobody eating in my car. We'll do all that stuff. But then what happened? It seemed like once it get dirty or even once it get wrecked, we feel violated. Then we don't even care. We end up parking right in the front. We even get close to people so they can hit the car. We don't care. But see, why do we stop caring about us? We give up on ourselves. So that why, oh yeah, that why or what what may be our motivation, you know, clean health. We want a clean bill of health. You know, there's a chart. There's a chart that talks about what happens after you have smoked for so long and then you stop smoking. When you stop smoking, automatically your body starts healing itself because that smoke, that nicotine has been a toxic or has been some poison that we've been putting into our body. And so as we continue to go on that journey of you know, stopping the smoke or stop smoking, then what happens throughout the time, God allow our body to start healing itself. And so that what may be for health benefit, also save money because cigarettes cost a lot, <laughs> you know. So you've been spending that money on your body that's bringing your body down. Now, you can quit smoking, and what you could do with that money that you would pay for cigarettes, make a separate account, account where you can use that money and invest it. Or the other alternative, use that money. Since you've been using that money to put poison in your body, save that money, and maybe once every other month, once a month, once every other month, once every six months, use that money to go treat yourself to a vacation or pamper yourself. Love on yourself. Love on Y-O-U. So, you know, something to think about. Now that who, why are you doing what you're doing? You're setting your goal. Okay, who is your motivating factor in setting your goal? Okay, now with me, my motivating factor the person that motivates me to get up, no matter how I feel, my son, my son. I want to set an example for him. You know, it's easy for me to sit at home. I don't feel like going to work, but I have to override how I feel. It has nothing to do. When it comes down to you setting the goal, you got to bypass how you feel. And so when I wake up every morning, no matter how I feel, I'm getting up so that way I can go to work and go ahead and make my money. But also not only going to work and making my money, but to fulfill the purpose and plan God has for me. Because God may have me on an assignment at my job where I don't have to, you know, be at work and lay hands. and, and I, No, God may have me to be in place 
to walk in and be the best coworker or the best worker I could be for my supervisors, for my coworkers, and for the department. Be the best. That's your witness. Your witness is not you, you know, going to work and, you know, trying to throw scriptures or speaking in tongues. No. You being the best coworker, that's your witness right there. That's what's going to draw people because that's an opportunity for them to see, hmm, you know what? What makes him do all that? I know the supervisor may be giving us problems or the coworkers may be giving us problems or the inmate may be giving us problems. But every time I see you, you come to work with a smile on your face. No matter what happens, even if the supervisor is not there, you still put in 120%. Sir, why do you do what you do? Ma'am, why do you do what you do? Well, to be honest with you, the sheriff department hired me, but God is my boss. God wants me to represent him, not just in what I say, but my lifestyle. That's your witness. And who knows, that person that may be asking you may have been watching you through different situations at the job or different situations in the family. So what better way for them to see God's word right there in their face? See, one of the things we got to think about, sometimes we may be the only Bible that people can read or people will read. So how about we just do it because it's the right thing to do? And one of the things I always say, you're always supposed to do your job as if the supervisor is right there watching you. The supervisor don't have to look at us to make sure we're doing our job. If they have to micromanage us to make sure we're doing our job, then we, we're in the wrong field. And no matter what job that you have, we still hired on. We hired on to do a job. And one thing we always say, you know, not every job is perfect. Some jobs can be more stressful than the others. But in the meantime, where you at, hey, do what we need to do. Do what we hired to do, independent from lack of support or whatever. Let God be our support and let God handle our battles because sometimes sometimes at the workplace, sometimes the workplace can be a problem and God don't come to work at the workplace or intervene at the workplace because he's too busy trying to get the attention of the workers. But if the workers get on one accord, they give God access to come in and deal with the situation or deal with the department or deal with the managers or the supervisors or whatever. It's just like someone that's in a relationship, I'm going to say relationship, someone within a marriage, someone within a marriage, you know, so the thing is, and we're not talking about abusive. No, we're not, we don't condone abuse or anything like that. I tell people, if you're in an abusive relationship, get out. I don't care if you're married or not, get out. And I know some people, well, you know, we're married. The Bible say he hate divorce. I say, yeah, but the Bible let us know not only God hate divorce, but guess what? God hate domestic violence too. So, you know, I'm not talking about an abusive relationship, no. But let's just say if you're in a relationship that it might be uh, a disagreement. Well, what if God can't get that person's attention because he's too busy trying to get our attention? He needs someone that's going to shut up and listen and obey what he says. So how about we be that one? We got to allow God to come in in a situation, and if this person ain't acting right, then you know what? 
don't shut God out because of our stubbornness, regardless if it's in a home situation or work situation or church situation. Somebody needs to yield themselves over to God. And so with that why, my son is my reason why I get up and do what I have to do. You know, sometimes when I get them bills, they let me know, hey, I got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> you know, um, so with my wife, my wife, my son, my wife is those that I minister to, those that may be watching me, you know. And like I always say, you'd be surprised who's watching you. There are some people that's watching you that you that may have never spoken to you, but they're watching you. Some people, your work ethic introduces them to who you are. What you say about yourself doesn't introduce them to who you are. It does not let them know who you are. See, they may, they may be introduced to your name. But now we're at a stage where people want to be introduced to your character. And so with that, we have to understand that there are people that may be watching us. So my son, my family, my family, you know, I feel like I'm important to my family. And my family are important to me. And not just, you know, I have a huge family uh, on my mother's side and on my father's side. So my immediate family, um, Shucks. As a matter of fact, I, I, when I see my nephews, most of the time I see my uh, my family on Facebook. I see my nephews and and my niece and everything. You know, um, you know, shouting out to you know Chris and Mila and Jay and BJ and Atara and um, I mean my my family. You know, Trey. You know. They're my family. I look at, oh, oh, I'm not going to forget this person right here. I'm not going to forget this person. Macy, <laughs> you know, hey, when I see my family, you know, uh, you know, I got I got little Ryan and Taylor, you know, uh, and of course, my son, you know, I, I see them and I'm like, wow, you know, I, I watch them and very proud of them, you know, but also on the same token, you know, I understand who I am to them. So, with that, I have to make sure that I'm setting an example. And so with that, um, my dad, my dad, I've seen him. He he was, matter of fact, uh, about two weeks, about two or three weeks ago, I was over there and uh, my stepmom showed me a picture and my dad ended up getting employee of the year. And I began to read that, and what was written, I was like, yep, that sounds just like my daddy. I've seen my dad at work. You know, my my brothers and sisters have seen my dad at work. Matter of fact, we saw him more times at work. We would go up there just to be in a way, just to hang around with him. You know, and he wasn't a, he wasn't a hard person. He would, you know, my daddy, he had some unusual ways. But it made sense. Of course, he was from Mississippi. Excuse me. He was from Mississippi. <laughs> you know, but it just that, you know, that um, MacGyver-type mentality where he'll, look, he can make coffee out of a rock. You know, he can make, he can make chicken breasts out of chicken skin, <laughs> you know, just whatever. So with that, those people are my wives, you know, 
my, my friends, God has blessed me with a lot of great friends, my true friends. Oh, my gosh. I love them dearly. There are some people, you know, I, I love, I, I don't want to start calling the name because I end up forgetting people, but there are some people, they have permission to call me anytime they want just to kick it. You know, we can be silly, and, and one particular friend in particular, um, you know, we'll call each other. We would call them just to be shooting the breeze, but it ended up being a Bible study. It ended up being a sermon. And one day I would like, I would like for this particular friend of mine, one day he's going to come on the show and we're just going to have a conversation. You know, it's going to be, you know, just open. And we're going to let y'all to come. We're going to let y'all, you know, come in and just be able to just see. Most of our conversations, it's like, we're just talking. We end up talking about the goodness of God. Let's say, you know, we end up having church over the phone. You know, so with that, you know, um, those people are my wives. And so examine yourself. What is your why? You know, why you want to do those goals? You know, those goals that you setting. Okay, who are your wives? You know, and you have to have that so that way you can mentally hold yourself accountable. You know, when I don't feel like getting up, like I say, I got to look at what if my son don't feel like getting up or what am uh, getting up and doing this and doing that? How can I tell him, son, you, you need to get on up when his daddy won't even get up? So that's that's one of the things we have to think about. So the other thing Become aware of any and all distractions, distractors, and roadblocks or summoning blocks. And setting your goals. First, setting your goals. Number two, having your who or what or your motivations. And then the next step is become aware of distractions. Distractors. Or your stumbling blocks. See, don't you know every time you have an assignment, every time you about to go ahead and do what God helped you to do, the devil gonna always try to throw something. See, one of the things I always say, especially when I know that I'm gonna be preaching, but actually preaching, or if I'm gonna be ministering somewhere, the devil gonna always try to do something to try to bring fear. Or sometimes if he want to get rid of the message, he'll try to get rid of the messenger. There's been many times that I I know I'm going to be speaking on a Sunday. So that particular week, God tells me to be careful, be alert. You know, I was at my dock one day. I was at the Lord dock, and God told me to move out the way. And as soon as I moved out the way, it was 17 stacks. It was uh, uh, 17 racks. A bread just automatically just fell, just fell and landed right where I was standing at. Um, one particular day, I was planning to speak on this particular Sunday, and you know, every time I'm at work or somewhere, every time I'm somewhere and I'm on the elevator and I know I have to be speaking or I'm going to be ministering to someone, I always get stuck on the elevator or the elevator always drops. It always do that. And I was like, wow. And that's when God told me, hey, 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 don't fear. The devil's trying to scare you. He's trying to throw some seed of 
fear, as long as he can put fear into you any way he can, that that spirit of fear will grow and blossom to attach itself in some area of your life that may discredit or tarnish that word that I'm trying to give through you to someone else. The devil always trying to do something. So like I said, the devil is trying to get rid of the message by getting rid of the messenger, or he may try to attach fear into whatever that he has for you to do. So that way people can receive the fear instead of receiving the word because the word it, it has fear attached to it. And you, I might end up, you know, not saying an important thing that God wants me to say, or I may have that fear to distract me from being sensitive to the spirit of what I need to pay attention to and to that person that God put before me. So all these things we have to be aware of. So beware of distractions. People may come to you to try to throw you off, to try to, you know, uh, get you confused about something, or even to delay you from doing something that you're supposed to do. So understanding that distraction, but also there are distractors. There are some people, there are key people, if you really think about it, you get ready to study. There are certain people that will call you that all they want to do is gossip. And it's always the same people who want to gossip to you times that you need to be studying or at the time that you need to talk to God or at the time that you need to, you know, you're trying to work out and then it's the same person. Hey, well, I'll just call and let you know that Dunkin' Donuts had a special um, buy, buy one dozen, get a dozen free. And, girl, you know, that cake that you talking about making, girl, don't you know, they got it up there on sale. You know, always something like, this joker right here, I know this. I know our church, you know, at the time, I would always try to fast on Tuesdays. You know, so that was at the time, that was the day that was set aside for us to fast as a church family. And, you know, that's been going on for years. And then all of a sudden, I'm up here trying to fast. And then all of a sudden, you find out, hey, they got a new chicken place up the street. And they got a special on Tuesdays. Come on. Come on. Now, Leslie, I'm not tempted by the chicken. I don't really deal with fried chicken, you know. But that chicken smell is a distraction to make me think about food. Now, I may not eat that chi- or that fried chicken, but I may end up making a turkey sandwich, <laughs> you know. And so there are different things that, the, you know, sometimes distractions. <laughs> sometimes certain people, like I said, that will come to you, say, say, you know, you're trying to do better. You know what, God, I'm asking you to help me to budget my money, you know, I'm trying to do better. I used to spend so much money, so I'm trying to do better and save my money. Then all of a sudden, here comes this person. Say, say, how you doing, man? You know, say, uh, can, can, I, can, I borrow, can I borrow, you know, something you like? Yeah, but 
Didn't I see you on Facebook with a brand new car? You know, and I saw you take a picture with a female, and it wasn't your wife. And I know your family. It wasn't your family members either. Well, you know, they were just my friend. But say, I, I don't want. I don't, I'm not here to talk about all that. I'm just gonna ask you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. I see. So you gonna come to me out of all the people that you know? You've been going out with your homeboys and everything, but then all of a sudden, when you need something, then you gonna come to me instead of going to your homeboys. Well, I don't want everybody to know my business. Well, Chuck, you need to deal with the people that have been in your business. You know, that promotes your business. It's just something to think about. You know, so be aware of the distraction and also the stumbling block. In other words, understand in whatever goal that you're trying to do, look at the situation may come up that may end up, you know, trying to discourage you, trying to hinder you from sticking to your goal. Also, we have to work on right here, our mind. We have to understand that we can't rely upon other people to encourage us. Let's be honest. It's it's good for other people to encourage us, to motivate us, but when you're doing a goal, a personal goal for yourself, you can't think about where's your help, where's your support. You can't think about that. Because not every, look, that's not everybody's journey. That's not everybody's goal. So just in case somebody may come and not give you the support that you need, be cool with that. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with us not having help. Because sometimes when we rely upon the encouragement from others, it would discourage us when they don't give it to us. There's an old saying that says, if you live for the cheers, you will die by the booze. So we can't get our feelings hurt when people don't come to help us or to encourage us when we're not doing it for them anyway. You're doing it for you. You're doing it for that person who's in your mirror. You're doing it for your, like I said, your wife. You're doing it for your children. You, you know, if it's your health. If you you know trying to exercise or trying to quit drinking or smoking or whatever, you're doing it for your child's mother because you want your child to have their mother around. You want your child to have their father around. So let that support you. You know those those um distractions or those roadblocks. Yeah, times may get hard. Like I said. You know, you start off, everything is fine, but all of a sudden, what if people start talking, oh, you act like you're too good. See, that's a distraction to make you stop. But you can't let that get to you. You know, it's just like I was looking at um football, I mean, excuse me, a basketball game. I was at the basketball game a couple of days ago, and I saw this this person was throwing a free throw. And I noticed that they were at they were at the um visitors uh, they were the visitors of the uh the team they were the visitors and so while the person on the free throw behind behind the uh, the goal behind the goal there were people you know waving stuff and people chanting all that stuff think about it there was nobody between their hand and the goal all the distractions was behind the goal, even though the goal is clear. 
even though the goal is see-through, the goal is right between their hand and them, right between their hand and the goal. There's nothing, even the other players that's on the line, they cannot block the shot of the person making a free throw. All distractions are behind the goal, not in front of the goal. So even though we may see things, but you have to have your eyes fixated on the goal and not the distractions that's behind the see-through gold. So if you think about it, the goal is within your reach. The distractions are behind you. But even in the goals that we trying to go for, we got to keep we got to keep the distractions behind the goal. We got to stay, look, we got to keep our eyes on the net. We got to keep our eyes on the goal. We got to keep our eyes on the goal. The goal is small, but the distractions are many. But your hand is supposed to take the ball and let it go into the net. So, with those distractions and those stumbling blocks, hey, we got to bypass it. We can't allow our feelings or our emotions to override or to dictate if we need to give up or not. So along with us being strong-minded, we have to allow ourselves to not be distracted. We have to allow ourselves to not get our feelings or not get our emotions involved when it comes down to logical thinking. Another thing, this is terminology I'll say, sometimes we got to trim the fat. Sometimes we got to trim the fat off the meat. What do I mean by that? There is some dead weight we have to lose. If they're not, if they're not benefiting your goal or the purpose or the plan that God has for you. Now, I'm not saying you got to get them out of your life. Depend upon who they are. Depend upon who they are because there are some people that are unhealthy. But there are some people you have to excommunicate out of your circle. And I just say like this, there may be some family members you may love, but if they are always talking negative and all this stuff, then you can't depend upon them because they are your quote-unquote close relative. You can't depend upon them or keep them within your circle when they are contaminating your circle. Some people, you have to emotionally love them from afar, even though they may be close to you. You can still communicate with them. Hey, now, like I said, this is when they're, when it's a healthy situation. But, hey, how you doing? You know, but hey, I was just calling to let you know. I was just coming by to see you. What about that? And when I say, you know, get them out of your circle, if you are going after a goal or even starting a business, but you know this person is always negative, I don't care who, I don't care what you do. they negative about everything. But you also you got to look at what they got. They ain't got nothing. Of course, they're going to be negative because they want people to stay right where they at. But if they see that you are going somewhere or doing something, of course, they're going to, well, you know, uh, you don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be doing that. Well, they may be looking at not your ability, but they may be looking at who you are to them. 
and because you just, you know, they remember you as, you know, uh, uh, little Pookie. Little Pookie, they used to walk around with the dirty diaper all the time, you know. And you up here now, you, you know, 55 years old, <laughs> you know, or four, I say 45 years old, and you about to start your business, you graduated high school, there. but no, you only be doing it. You don't need, you don't need to get you a just a plain ordinary job. You need to get you a plain ordinary job. You know, just you like no, 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 no. But somebody like that, like I said, that doesn't mean that you remove their number out of your phone. No, you may still communicate with them, but there are certain things you just have to just not involve them with. So that's something as far as trimming the fat off the meat. There are some people you have to evaluate. Like I said, you have to evaluate your circle. And if they are productive, if they're doing, if they're on the same page, you know, if they plan on doing something or they have achieved things in life, okay, good. But if they ain't doing nothing and everything is so negative and they're trying to sabotage your business, your career, your your mind, your peace of mind, all that stuff. No, cut, 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 cut them off. Cut off, cut off that fat. Cut off. Look here. Cut off that fat and put it in some greens. <laughs> you know. So, just trim the fat off the meat. Also, watch your progress. You know. You know. Do an analysis. Check your progress. You know, but make sure that you do forward motion, forward motion. Don't go backwards. You know, it's just like if somebody trying to lose weight and they have because they lost 15 pounds and so they celebrate, they're going to, you know, treat themselves as some pizza and some canada stuff. Well, that's not a good thing. But each, each success should be acknowledged. Each success should be acknowledged. So, you know, monitor your progress. Check out your progress. And pat yourself on the back. Be proud of yourself. You know, thank God God allowed you to be able to achieve those things. Another thing what you need to do, think about this. Put in the work so you can collect the wage. Think about this. Get your mindset that you're going to work, you're going to continue to do what you need to do, and you may not get immediate results, but don't give up. It's just like when you start a brand-new job. You start a brand-new job. Are they going to pay you before you do the work? No. There's a saying that says that sometimes uh, it, it, they call it you got to work a week in a hole. Well, you do the work, and then you get paid. They don't pay you for you to do the work pay you based on the agreement that they gave you where you're going to do this and we'll pay you this so the same thing pertaining to life and goals you may not see the immediate results but you keep on working like i said look at it as a job you clock in you work monday you clock in, you work. Tuesday, you clock in, you work. Wednesday, you clock in, you work. Thursday, you clock in, you work. Friday, you clock in, you work. And, of course, you clock that after you got done working. And some jobs, you get paid every week, and at the end of the week, you got paid. But there are some jobs, 
you know, get paid every two weeks. The other jobs get paid once a month. So you might have, what you gotten paid, you already put in the work. Now you're getting the results. Same thing pertaining to your goals. Same thing pertaining to, you know, like I said, being disciplined. Putting yourself in a position where you can be in demand. You have to be in demand. And like I said, people are always watching you. One of the things I always tell my inmates, I tell them, hey, man, you may not get paid. You may not be getting paid financially, yeah, but understand, even when you're working, there are people that may be watching you. I've seen, I've seen inmates working with good work ethic, but also I've seen other inmates go up to that person and say, hey, man, I like the way you work. You know that big business that's over there on the other side? That's my job. That's that's my business. I am fully staffed. But because I see your work ethic, good attitude, man, when you get up out of here, if you ain't got no job, when you get up out of here, come check me out. I'm going to hire you. But then again, I've seen some where the inmates, they messing around, they ladder gagging, and then they find out, hey, that person owned that business, and that person could be short-staffed. That person needs some help. And that person that was sorry, that inmate go up to him, say, say, man, say, man, that's your business. Say, man, can you hook a brother up? I've seen that. Can you hook me up? He said, no, 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 no. I thought you said you need some help. Y'all need some help, but not you. Hey, man, I've seen, look here, if you're going to shortchange on free labor, imagine you're going to shortchange me riding the clock. When I'm up here supposed to be expecting you to do some work, you up here just riding the clock. No. So I've seen that. So I tell people, hey, man, people are always watching. People are always watching. Also, I always tell people this. Don't stop until you finish. There are some people that go to work. They go to work when it's time to get off. But their job is not complete. Think about it. They're so busy looking at the clock, they're not doing any work. We have to leave work when the job is finished, not when it's time to leave. If you do what you're supposed to do, then you can leave when it's you can go when you when it's time for you to leave. But so many people, they don't have their work ethic. Some people, they avoid working, and sometimes you may have to put in a little sweat, but it's okay because when you're doing it from your heart, but like I said, you're representing God, and you're representing those that love you. Hey, time can go by quick, fast, in a hurry, and the job can be done. So you go home when the job is finished, not when it's time to, not when it's time to leave. Also. Hold yourself and others responsible. Um, hold them and your staff accountable. Hold yourself accountable. And also, when I say the staff, that means that circle that you have around you. One person that I've always admired, and actually, uh, what was that, six years ago, sorry, seven years, seven years ago today, they had a memorial for him, and it was Prince. Prince work ethic. You know, I mean, it was like, why wow, I, I related to him so, so awesomely. You know, his work ethic, 
he held himself in Harbagar Botanics to work ethic, and he required that from his musicians. So what about you? Are you just letting people, well, you'll be all right. Oh, I'll go ahead and finish behind them. No. Sometimes you got to delegate responsibility to the responsible people. And so that's going to help you. That's going to free you up because that, you know, in getting disciplined, sometimes it requires you to use this skill called verbiage. Sometimes you have to be able to learn how to communicate with people and delegate responsibility to people, you know. Sometimes being able to just speak up and get things done, that's going to help us in a great deal because what if, what if we try to get time management, but what's preventing us from probably getting time management when we try to do everything? So sometimes you have to put in people in place and delegate responsibility to them, but you have to make sure it's people that's going to be responsible and do it as if you're doing it, if not better. But when you put in people that's not responsible, what's going to happen? That's going to be reflected upon you. But also, you're going to have to go back behind them and do it, and that's causing you to waste more time. And so I'll tell people, look here, do it right the first time. Put your heart into it. There's another saying that I've heard throughout the years. Oh, you say you don't have time to do it right, but you got time to do it again. So make sure that we do it the first time. Do it right. So that way you don't have to waste time doing a repeat. Because repeats, time, sometimes it takes finances. And understand, money is time. Money is time. So make sure that we hold ourselves accountable and responsible. And also, I mentioned earlier, center ourselves around like-minded people. We got to put ourselves around responsible people. And so with that being disciplined, sometimes just looking at what are we doing that's causing us to waste time or to waste finances? You know, self-control. Ooh, we even just having the ability to watch your tongue. You know, there was an old saying that said, the deadliest weapon that we possess is that little monster that's two inches below our nose, our mouth. Sometimes we can say things to really cut a person. And sometimes, not just cutting a person, we can cut a giant with our words. We can we can we can build up someone or we can turn them down. We call it sometimes you have to be able to know how to de-escalate a situation, and we call that verbal judo. Being able to know how to talk to a person to, for you to get the message across. You know, there's an old saying that says you get more with honey than you do with vinegar. Sometimes just the way you say it, some people, well, you know, they're just me. That's what's your problem. But sometimes being able to just say things to get the message across. You know, I look at the life of Jesus. When he talked to those that were in sin, those that, you know, the sinners, those that were, you know, just ordinary people who may not have accepted him as Lord and Savior in their life. What did, what did he do? Got their attention. 
He wasn't screaming and yelling and throwing stuff. No, he was talking to them. He was engaging in a conversation with them. Get this. He was engaging in a conversation with them about something about them. You got that? He was talking to them, and he was saying things that they could relate to. Hmm. So he understood, not just that he understood their culture, what area, what area or region that he was at, he was talking to the people and engaging with them based upon their culture. He was talking to them. You may have to get some water. But um, even when you look at the old, excuse me, the New Testament, when when Paul or Timothy was going out to minister the gospel to others, he did a survey in where he was going. So that way he can get a chance to really understand how to deal with the people that he was ministering to. Even when we look at how Moses told the spies to go over and look at the promised land, it was 12 spies. Ten gave the bad news. Ten looked at it as something negative. But them two looked at something that was just positive. Oh, man, we, we got this. But them ten didn't make it, but them two did. And so, you know, just being able to just take a survey, how God, you know, how Jesus dealt with the people, he spoke to them. He was engaging. And we're supposed to be Christians, meaning Christ-like. Why we don't implement the same thing? You know, even in witnessing the people, when we witness the people, do we make them feel heard? Now, true enough, let's just say, which we do, we have the answer to their problem, Jesus Christ. And like I said, this doesn't mean that they ain't saved. No, but there may be a situation that God may be trying to help them with to help them be able to deal with or help them to overcome whatever they're dealing with. So Jesus did the answer to all of our life's problems. So in order for him to do something, a person has to receive it. But if a person not receiving it because of the representatives, you know, screaming and yelling and, throwing, you know, copping the attitude and, like I said, going to work, oh, I want, you to, I want you to come to my church, but ain't you the one? I saw you going out with some other, with some other man that wasn't your husband. Well, well I, you know. No. So if we just look at the life of Jesus and do what he did, he ministered to people. He spoke to the people. He didn't run from people. Hey, how's it going? Jesus went to the wedding. Jesus had a social life. But yet, in everything he did, in every place he went, he was without sin. You know, Jesus had integrity. That's something we have to remember, and we have to implement our own life. Be a person of integrity. Be a person of morals, character, discipline, structure. You know, and and with that structure, one thing we often say, there are some bad habits that we could break. 
And so those bad habits that we may have, just slow down. Take your time. And when the opportunity comes, matter of fact, when I prayed to God to help me in certain areas, what he did, when the situation came back, he slowed the scene down for me to be aware that there it is again. Now, he gave me a choice if I want to do it or not. And I said, okay, God, I don't want to do it. Then he was able to help me. He, no more, he already helped me by slowing the scene down for me to recognize. So if I did do it, then what happened, I did, because I, I willfully do it, did it. I didn't slip into it. No, I willfully did it because now it's in front of me. He slowed the scene down, and he gave me the choice if I wanted to do it or not. So now since here it is, the choice comes, and I don't want to, God, I, I'm giving it to you, God. I would not do this. And what happens, he said, hmm, let me, let me move that obstacle. Let me, let me move this other way. And there's a sense of peace that comes now because I obeyed him and did it his way, and I was able to recognize this was something that was sent by the devil, not sent by God. So, you know, like I said, there's something for us to really think about. And for us to really just take the time to understand that the things that God has for us in life, you know, he want to do it for us. You know, we often pray, you know, God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let it will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God's will, hmm, God wants to have his will done on earth. But are we the ones that's stopping our own blessings? Are we the ones that's preventing the mission going forth, the assignment, God's assignment going forth? And so regardless of what you need done in your life, whatever you may be falling short in, God is willing to help us, but we have to want to be helped without excuse. You know, going to God and allowing him come and help us in these areas. He can do it. And so just in case you may be watching who may be dealing with something, I'm not going to tell you just give it to God because anybody can say give it to God, which we need to do. We need to give it to God, but let's talk about how to give it to God. How to give it to God. You have a conversation with God to tell him you need help in this particular area, and you willfully want him to come in and you're willing to accept the method of how he want to help you in that situation. Think about it. Willfully want him and allowing him to come in and help you. He Look, he may want to do it instantaneously, automatically. Are you willing to cooperate, cooperate in the method that God was trying to use to help you to overcome whatever you're dealing with? And then also, talking to God continuously. And rem- look, remind yourself of what God told you, that he's there to help you. He wants to help you, regardless of what it is. And it don't have to be a, quote, unquote, sin. It could be a hindrance, like I said, me being late. It could be, you know, me spending more time over here. Like I said, time management. You know, spending more time over here instead of going over there. 
He could be talking too much. You know, God may have you look, God may have a list for you to do. And you spending more time over here because you talk and talk and talk over here and God telling you, Hey, 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 I'm trying to get you over here. And and I'm gonna tell you, that's a bad ooh, that's a bad feeling for you to overstay your welcome when God told you I need you to leave. That's a bad feeling. Oh my gosh. It's like God's spirit leave and go somewhere else, and you just left by yourself. You're like, oh, God, I'm sorry. You go on and saw my fume. <laughs> so it could be anything, time management. It could be, you know, work ethic. You know, you you might have to be more aware, more conscious of your work ethic. But like I said, regardless of what it is, he's willing to help us. Like I said, giving up to smoking, giving up to drinking or whatever. If there's any type of addiction that you may be dealing with, God want to help you with it. He's concerned about every aspect of your life. And so don't think that this is a coincidence or a mistake that you may be listening or maybe watching this episode right here pertaining to Get disciplined. Getting self-control back. Everything even pertaining to this, think about this, even pertaining to dealing with people and maintaining self-control, everything is everything does not require a response. Just because you have the last word does not mean that you won the war. No, it doesn't. Think about it. Sometimes God wants you to wait the cooler heads prevail. Sometimes God may have you to just shut up. Don't say anything because not the appropriate time. In other words, you got to survey even the people that you did with pertaining to having that self-control because if somebody you're trying to talk to ain't listening to you, why are you wasting your breath? It ain't the right time. Sometimes that word may not need to come from you. Sometimes you you just pray for God to set the scene and God may relay that particular message that you need to give that person. I may have someone to intervene to come in and give that person the exact word that you would have said that would have been refused. But because someone else came to say it, it's better received. So sometimes just understanding for us to be able to just keep our cool, God's God does not want our peace nor our joy interrupted, but the devil does. So for us to be able to just keep our cool, especially dealing with uh, um, people that are problematic or if there's conflict with a person, you know, like I said, you got to look at the bigger picture. Look at the bigger picture. There are some people, they can't stand their baby mama or they can't stand their baby daddy. but you have to think about that may be your ex, but that's that child's mother or that's that child's father. So you have to look at which role is more important, looking at them as your ex or look at them as your child's mother or your child's father. In other words, we got to get out of self and look at for the best interest. Matter of fact, on uh, court shows, on a paternity court, what they talk about, they talk about the best interest of the child. 
And that's what we have to think about. We have to think about the best interest, not just of the child, but the best interest pertaining to the goal or the plan that we're looking for in life. And so it, this will help us. If we look at the bigger picture, this will help us to stay less stressed. This will help us when we won't end up having our blood pressure up and all that stuff, worrying and stressed, letting people get to us. No. Life's too short. Like I said, life's too short. Life is too short. So sometimes it's best for you to hold on. And just because you may be silent right now, that doesn't mean that your words ain't valuable. Like I said, you may be setting the grounds for when the time comes and there is peace, the atmosphere may be conducive enough where you say exactly what you would have said and it be received. But the devil want us to lose control. The devil want us to get into our feelings and take it personal, all this, all that. And it ain't worth it. No. Allowing allowing God to come in into the situation for him to help us in that area of our life. Like I said, just in case someone who may be watching or listening, God is concerned about every aspect pertaining to your life. There's nothing too hard for him. But like we always say, God wants us to cast all of our cares upon him, for he cares for us. Cast all of our anxieties, all of our weights. Also, right here, battle of the mind. The devil wants us to, look, the devil wants to deal with us in our mind. That's why the Bible tells us, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The word transform is a word that means metamorphosis. And that metamorphosis had nothing to do with time, but everything pertaining to your will. But be be what? Be changed or be processed by the renewing of your mind. It's a daily thing. So sometimes you have to remind yourself. Sometimes you have to talk to yourself, and there's nothing wrong with that. Talking to yourself and remind yourself on a daily basis. So that way, matter of fact, that way your your mind could be renewed, but also refreshed. Like a computer. Sometime at the end of the day, you have to cut off the computer for it to reset, reprocess, update, update information. Same thing pertaining to your mind. So just in case someone who may be watching or listening who may not be saved, who, who, you know, you've been, I've been talking about, you know, Jesus and everything, but who is he? He's someone that cares for you, that loves you. The Bible tells us, John three sixteen, for God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son. And we often hear the word love, which is great. But the key word to me was so. He so loved the world. So just in case you may be listening who may not be saved, well, Romans 10 and 9 tells us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as thy Savior and believe in the heart that God has raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Understand that Jesus wants to come into your life, and he's willing to help you. And you don't have to wait to get perfect. You ain't got to wait. First of all, the word perfect, be perfect for that particular word, in that particular context, means mature. That doesn't mean flawless means mature. That old saying, when you know better, do better. 
And see, when you know better, you might have failed in the past, but when you know now what you need to do and you don't do it, becoming mature, striving for perfection. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's just something to think about. And also, one last thing I will say, in getting that discipline and structure in our life, that old saying, practice make perfect. No, practice make improvement. So with that being said, just in case you may be listening, and like I said, you you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I would advise you this is, this is a perfect time for you to do it. Don't wait. Don't wait. You know, do it now. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we coming to you right now. Thank you all for your awesomeness. We coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. We coming to you right now, God. First of all, God, ask your God to forgive us, God. If there's anything we said or done that all felt that was unlike you, and we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness. We coming to you right now, God. Tell you, thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done, but most importantly, everything that you are, God. You are our Savior and our Redeemer. So, God, we speak it right now, God, that you help us in every area of our lives right now, God. Help us, God, to be the men and be the ladies that you call for us to be. So, God, we speak it right now, God. We invite you to come in, God, to help us, God. Help us to have order, God. Help us to have uh, the things and the tools that we need for us to become the, re- the better representative that you have for us to be, God. Help us, God, if there's any area of our life, God, that is preventing us, God, from receiving or being or becoming what you have for us to be or to receive what you have for us, God. God, we acknowledge our shortcomings, God, and help us, God, in every area of our life right now. In the name of Jesus, instead of everything you stand for, we bind every problem, bind every confusion right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, for chance. We thank you, Lord, for not giving up on us, God. We thank you, Lord, for helping us, God, to be able to be qualified for what you have for us, God. Help us, God, to be better stewards, God. Help us, God, to better manage what you own right now. In the name of Jesus, God, thank you, Lord, for entrusting us already what you've given us in our possessions right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, help us, God, to be a better steward, God, by being a good steward of what you have already given us, God. And so, God, ask God to help us, God, and thank you, Lord, even for the increase, God. And though we thank you all for entrusting us right now, God. God, we thank you all for reconciliation, God, between us and you right now, God. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we speak it right now, God. You see every heart that's been broken right now, God. This week right now, God, this week has been a week that it seems like it's been so much going on, God. So, God, we speak, God, that you comfort us, God. Help us, God, on what happened this past week and even for the days and weeks to come, God. We holding up the King family, God, holding up the King family right now, God, strengthen, God. Deacon King right now, God, strengthen him, God, strengthen him right now, God. And God, we speaking, God, that you, we thank you, Lord, for the legacy of Mr. Jimmy King, God. We thank you, Lord, for the words that went forth, God, how he was, you know, a pillow to many that was in his community and his family right now, God. And so, God, we speaking right now, God. We ask you, God, to comfort the Green family right now, God. Comfort them right now, God. God, we're speaking right now, God, that you uphold them right now, God. Comfort their broken heart right now, God. God, we're speaking right now, God. 
can continue, God, to bring healing, God, not just emotional healing, but even physical healing, even to Cassie right now, God. Hold her up right now, God. Wipe every tear from their ass right now, God. Hold up the kids right now, God. Lord, we thank you all for the beautiful kids, God. God, we speaking right now, God, and we acknowledge right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for such a great friend, Kevin, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for his legacy, God. And, Lord, in the hearts and touch, not just by his passing, but also his life, God. God, continue, God, to strengthen those that were affected, not just by his passing, but even by his life right now, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for him being who he who he is, God. God, we ask you all to help us, God, to maintain and uphold his legacy, God. God, we hold him up, God. Lord, we thank you all for the life in him, being a, a good representative, God, of a man in law enforcement, God. Thank you, Lord, for the encouragement that he has even given me, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the love, for the respect he had for me as I, what I had for him, God. Thank you so much, God. For the family, God. Thank you, Lord, for the sheriff's department, uh, Dart, and even DPD, God. God, comfort each and every one of them right now, God. And so many others, God. Thank you, Lord, for continuing to bring healing, God, to Derrick Floyd right now, God. And, God, we're speaking right now, God. Continue to bring comfort, God, to the Calhouns, the, the Harden family, God, uh, uh, the the Lynch family, God, so many other family, God, so many that he've even uh, lost loved ones, God. Continue to heal their broken hearts right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we ask, Lord, to help our nation right now, God. Help this world. Help this society right now, God. God, we're speaking right now, order right now, God. Even I speak for the United States, God. God, we even put in print right now, God. In God, we trust. So in God, we trust. And, God, we're going to have to depend upon fixing and rectifying everything that may be going on, God. Expose every weakness, regardless of what side it comes from. We're not choosing the left. We're not choosing the right. But we're choosing you, God. We're looking up to you, God. And we give you the right to come in right now, God, and intervene, God. God, we speak, God, what you, we make crooked, you make straight right now. In the name of Jesus, we speak it right now, God. That you help us right now, God, as a nation, we repent before you right now in the name of Jesus. God, we speaking, God, even all these people getting hurt and people getting killed because of uh, uh, being in the wrong place or even being in the, the wrong driveway and all that stuff. God, we speaking right now, God, that you come in right now, God, and, and and heal this land right now, God. All this anger, all this animosity, kids bringing guns to school, these mass shootings and all this stuff. We speaking right now, God, that you come in, that you intervene right now in the name of Jesus. We know that's the trick of the enemy. We know that's a, a, a vile spirit right now. And so, God, we speak it right now, God. We as the body of Christ, we as your representative, God, we speak it right now, God, that you give us the voice to come in and speak right now, God. Healing and forgiveness and repentance right now, God. Help us, God, to be a better representative, God. And even for those as in the those as a body of Christ, God, those that within the church that we have spoken against that we have uh, 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 hurt, and Lord, we speaking right now, God, that you help us, God, not just to 
I ask you, God, to forgive us, God, for we even asking those that we have hurt to forgive us right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we have mistreated someone. God, we know, God, that you love each and every person. So, God, it's our responsibility to love. We're not trying to dictate uh, uh, who's going to heaven or who's going to hell. But, God, we know we need to do our part and leave everything up to you right now. Our responsibility is to introduce them to you right now and for us to live the life right now, God. In the name of Jesus, so God, help us, God, to be the better representative, God, that's going to draw people to you, not drive people away from you or drive people out of the church, but bring them to the fold right now, God. So, God, we all stand at the altar, God. Ask your God to forgive us and help us, God, in every area of our lives right now, God. Help us, God. We need you, God. Help us, God, to move out of titles, move out of positions, God, and help us, God, to seek you right now, God. In the name of Jesus, help us, God, to do it with our whole hearts. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for change right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for setting the atmosphere right now, God, for deliverance, for healing right now, God. Mind, body, soul right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we always speak it right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for order right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you right now, God, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. And, Lord, we speak it right now, God. Speak it right now, God. There's someone right now, God, that's listening right now, God. We even speaking, God, for those who may be listening on that wisdom app right now, God. We speaking right now, God. Those who need those who need to hear a word from you right now, God. God, we speaking, God, that you remove every spiritual wax from their spiritual ears, God. Help them, God, to hear from you right now, God. It's like someone that's dealing with a deadline right now, God. We speak it right now, God, that you come in, that you move right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak, God, that you remove every distraction, God, for them to be able to hear with clarity right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we always speak it right now, God. There's someone right now, God. There's someone that may be watching right now, God. They don't know what to do. They're like somebody they're juggling what they should do or what they shouldn't do. We speak it right now, for clarity right now, God. Speak it to the minds right now, God. God, help them, God, to calm down, God. They're like someone that's in a panic phase right now, God. We speak it right now, God. We know that you are the God of the deadline. And so we know, God, whatever you've ordered is still going to be on time. No matter what man may say, God, God, we know that time came from you right now, God. So Time obeys you. You don't obey time. Time obeys you. So we speak it right now, God, that you meet that deadline right now, God, that you speak, that you intervene right now, God. And we thank you like somebody receiving favor right now, God. Favor right now, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank you for watching this. And um, I hope and pray that there's something that was said to really encourage and, and help you along the way. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, feel free. My name is Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, Pierce and Paul, R-A-T-S and Tom, E-R. You can catch me on Facebook, um, Brother Prater. You can see my daily devotions and also my videos that I post. Also, uh, you can go to my website, at brotherprater.com. You can see my daily devotions and also my videos as well as my personal appearances where I'll be at. Also, uh, you can go to the store section of my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God of Fatherhood. 
A few good men was written to inform men the needs and the responsibilities towards their family, their children, even their children's mother, regardless if they're with them or not. Also, this book is not just for men, but also it's for ladies, too. Um, I talked to them about different things and also, you know, pertaining to dating and how to choose a, a spouse or how to choose uh, for a potential uh, father to your children, uh, all these things. So, um, also, my second book, I wrote The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper, The Love Beyond Life. Uh, this book is uh, in memory of my sister, Sheila Prater, who we lost a little over four years ago due to domestic violence. And um, that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about these things. I was already passionate about domestic violence, bringing awareness to it before I lost my sister. So now, you know, um, this, this is something uh, look, I'm head on about because I don't want anyone to go through what our family went through. And so many other families have dealt with it. And, you know, matter of fact, I, I even heard today that um, there was a lady that, um, you know, she looked up on her phone to kind of find out there was a tracker on there, kind of find out the boy that she was dealing with put a tracker on her car. Think about it. Put a tracker on her car, and she ended up, instead of going home, she went straight to the police, found that person, they apprehended him, and arrested him. So, you know, these are these are the times we're in. There are some sick people. There are some people, they want control. They want manipulation. They want to manipulate people. And every relationship, if it's unhealthy, you need to leave immediately. Let people know. And I'm going to say this because I, I was speaking to someone this week. If you are in a relationship and that person is always talking negative and bad towards your family, towards your friends, and telling you that you don't need to be around them, all this stuff, first of all, they ain't your man, they ain't your husband, they ain't your wife. Leave them alone. That's a sign. Break it off. If you don't immediately break it off, then it's going to get worse. Break it off. Don't try to change them. Don't try to rehabilitate them. Don't try to say, well, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm supposed to help. I heard somebody tell me this. Well, God gave me an assignment to help him. But nope. First of all, don't even put God in that situation. God didn't give you that. You gave yourself that. And God gave you those red flags to let you know, hey, this ain't, that's the one that I sent you. So if you deal with somebody like that, leave them alone. So with that being said, I thank each and every one of y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all so much. And I hope and pray that y'all have a great, great, great week. And thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. God bless you and good night.